Welcome to Choose Views with Richard Chu. Get ready to dive into a world of insightful conversations and thought-provoking discussions. As progressives, our job is to have an all-inclusive, full-on assault with all of our players. A show that will focus on moving our political, social, economic, gender, and cultural conversation forward. And all of our players means all of our players. It's Choose Views. And now, here's your host, Richard Chu. Hey, good morning, everybody. It will be a... Uh, uh, a clearing the clearing the throat, uh, scratchy morning for me. So I'll, I'll give you guys a heads up to let you know that uh, I'm fighting this uh, this sort of uh, throat allergy combo cold thing that's going on. But um, let's get the day off and get the get the day started off on a good foot. Uh, it's leap year day. I guess it's that's the appropriate uh, name for it. I don't know if it's such a thing. Um, but it's leap, leap Year Day. And, uh, of course, this is Choose Views. The number is 773-763-9278. Um, and we are also on TuneIn, just so, so that everybody can find us and follow us from wherever you are. We're on TuneIn, of course, AMA20, Facebook Live. And now we are on the Twitter stream, which I just found out last night. And that's kind of exciting. So, um I'm excited about what we're going to be doing, obviously, and where we're going to be reachable or followable to make up a word. I love making up words along the way just to kind of have some fun with our our language. But um, that being said, we got a lot of stuff in front of us today. Obviously, some, there's some super big stories, which I know you guys will want to call in to call in and lean into. And of course, our number is 773-763-9278. Um, but I want to start off with, with a couple of the, the, the hot ones, and then we'll get to more depth uh, in terms of headlines, the Supreme Court, as you guys have heard, stalls Trump's federal election trial while weighing in uh, on the immunity bid, his immunity bid on um, the federal court um, that had made a decision with regard to his immunity um, that was pushed to the Supreme Court. And they decided to take up the argument um, to determine if he's immune from prosecution for actions he took while um, president. Um, this was decided yesterday in a one page order. And um, they are set to hear oral arguments on April 22nd. The thing that I think is also equally important with this is that in the meantime, proceedings uh, in the court, uh, the trial um, will be uh, will remain frozen. So they won't be able to uh, do any of the further um, review of the case in the lower court. Um, So, you know, I'm going to talk about that in depth today, um, certainly in this first hour. And um, in addition to what's happening with with, uh, with Trump, um, it seems that we're Trump loaded uh, today. That's not meant to sound awful, but um, in the uh, Fannie Willis hearing, um, Ashley Merchant, the lawyer uh, for Donald Trump and co-defendant Michael uh, Roman, they hit a roadblock on Tuesday that didn't get talked about, talked about a lot um, in any any of the uh, mainstream media yesterday. Um in the efforts to disqualify her. And the reason is that the one of the witnesses that had come forward, um, it was determined that much of what he said was innuend- gossip and innuendo. Um, and in the process of building their case, they built the, their case largely on what he said he saw and heard. But in actuality, as it came down, um, the fact that he said it was gossip and that it was innuendo and assumption um, that that's now kind of created a little bit of a roadblock roadblock. And in the, in the process of trying to remove 
uh, Fonnie Willis, DA Fonnie Willis from this case. Um, it definitely threw a monkey wrench in that process. Um, some funny financial information and news. Bitcoin has hit $60,000 in their uh, recent uh, rally. Um, and basically, for those of you who are into the crypto uh, world, um, that can mean a lot to you because of the fact that you, you know, you've got your, your, um, your money's invested or your resources invested in crypto. So that was a little bit of a bump up yesterday in that space. Um, also one of the things that I had been following a little bit, this is a more of a labor conversation. Hotel guests will be paying more, um, and actually getting less, uh, in a survey that came out uh, from the wall street journal on Tuesday. And that's because much of the hospitality industry is still understaffed. Um, forcing properties across the country to compromise on the level of service that they offer guests. Meanwhile, um, we're seeing an increase in the cost of hotels uh, throughout the country. And what that obviously means is those increases, those increases are not necessarily going to go toward wages. And the, 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 the backlash of that is that hotel staffs are going to start to see some reductions which means that you, we as consumers may see a reduction in the services that are offered. It's projected that there could be um, as high as a, a, a 20% increase in room rates over the next two years. Um, and they're already at an all-time high, but not necessarily going to be one that's improve, improving the service. So just something to keep, uh, to be aware of. Don't be shocked. That's a, if, when we talk about inflation, that's not something that the president has control over the hotel rates. That's because the businesses are not providing their employees with the, the rate, the wages that they need. And as a result, people are leaving the industry to go to find other work. Um, so, you know, the, the, economic, the economics of uh, what happens with inflation are not always uh, controlled by what happens with interest rates. Most times, it, and all economists agree on this, it comes from what's happening with how businesses are raising their rates or increasing their prices on goods, on some of the, um, the consumable, consumable goods that are sold. Uh, and speaking of increases, home prices did inch up a little bit, uh, record highs. And at the end of the year, and many people saw that that was happening uh, throughout the country, or actually specifically uh, tracking the top 20 cities in the country based on population, um, that there was a 0.2% uptick in um, in housing prices. And um, that's something that I think has also impacted uh, pe- uh, people's ability to purchase homes. So, you know, Lee, this is this is one of those things where I think we see a lot of folks trying to purchase homes today, uh, but interest rates being high on mortgages have created a little bit of a, uh, a pushback. And a number of realtor experts are, are concerned about how that's going to go through the rest of this year. Uh, moving on to another topic, Wendy's clarifies its surge pricing. Wendy's has no plans, as it says, to raise menu pi- prices at busy times of the day. Um, and this is coming from the nation's second largest burger chain. Um, it's There was a little bit of a controversy that they were going to start testing what the, what's called dynamic pricing in 2025. Um, but in actuality, Wendy's has come back and said that, um, unlike they did, they did not want to be viewed or looked at like Uber and Lyft, 
when it comes to surge pricing based on the their busy days of the busy times of the day and busy days of the week. So that's a good thing, I guess, as it relates to those who are uh, Wendy's consumers. Um, but just a little bit of information to give you guys a peek into uh, how some of our businesses are operating and some of the things that are happening throughout the country. And then last but not least, um, the company Bumble has decided that they're going to be reducing their staff by about 37% um, this year, which will affect about 350 employees. Um, and that's a pretty significant uh, reduction. Uh, some of it's um, because of the, the conversation around uh, remote working. Some of it's the conversation around um, the cost of the um, uh, spaces that they're in, brick and mortar spaces. So um, it's interesting to see how many businesses are, businesses are navigating in this space right now. But Bumble is uh, considering um, letting off about 37% of its staff. That's a big number. So some of the top stories of the day, some of the top items of the day, as I push through this, um, <laughs> I'll call it snotty face morning. But that being said, guys, we do have a lot to cover. And um, when we come back from this break, which we'll take in a bit, um, I do want to lean into the, probably the big topic of the day that a lot of people are were um, were uh, made aware of yesterday, and I found it interesting. One of the, one of our callers yesterday, uh, uh, Kurt had a uh, Kurt from Ohio had some uh, further information for me on um, the um, useless bits of information about our presidents. And wow, did I not? I did not know a few of those uh, uh, the answers of, to a few of those questions. But as it goes, when it comes to useless information, sometimes there's going to be a person out there who is not just uh, loosey-goosey about it, but someone that's truly an expert. And it was nice to have Kurt give us a, a shout yesterday and uh, talk about some of the, the things that he's researched. And I do think he should uh, he should consider leaning in or reaching out to Ken Burns because uh, with that kind of knowledge and the work that he's been doing, they could they could uh, be a pretty cool partnership. So the number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, where facts matter. So guys, we're back. Uh, the number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views for those of you who are just tuning in. Uh, thank you for being here with us this morning. So listen, um, the results in Michigan are more telling in my observation um, with regard to the president's success than that of, of Trump's. And here's a reason why. I looked at, I kind of went and said, all right, let's do raw numbers. We do raw numbers. Um, President Biden got 81% of the vote voters that came out and, and Donald Trump got 68%. And you, and throughout the course of the day yesterday, kind of listened and watched some of the things that are, that were being talked about in, in this space. And that, that per, those percentages for the incumbent president aren't too far off from what's happened in the past. And I heard some references to what president Obama did in 2012, et cetera. Um, I think the real conversation though is voter turnout. And as much as I looked at the um, the percentages, I, I looked at kind of the raw numbers. And so not to get this skewed, this is what you kind of have to look at sometimes. You have to dig a little bit deeper. So there were 1.1 million voters, uh, re- Republican voters that came out yesterday and voted. And Donald Trump got roughly 68% of that. So that's, you know, that's a substantial number of the, that's a, a good percentage, but it's lower than 
percentages that he's had in other in other uh, primaries, and his ceiling is lowering, and that's the that's the real message there. The ceiling for Trump is lowering in these primaries. He's he's not getting the percentages that he should get with because you know essentially he's the incumbent on the Republican side because he's not getting any real competition from from Nikki Haley or anyone else. So. By contrast, uh, President Biden got 60, I'm sorry, 81% of a lower number of voters that showed up, but that's not, that's, that's consistent with the incumbent president when it comes to oftentimes who, who shows up in primaries when they don't have a substantial, um, competitor. And in this case, um, uh, Marion Williamson and uh, uh, Phillips, Mike Phillips, were the two that picked up 22%. I think that's really more indicative of than the the um, uncommitted vote of 100,000 that, that said they were uncommitted. Because if you think about it, the uncommitted number, as much of it as much as it is a protest vote, a lot of those um, voters, based on the data that I've been looking at, um, are people who, in exit polls, said that. It was a protest vote. They're going to vote. They know they should vote for uh, President Biden in the general. Um, but, you know, without having a lot of detail into that, it's hard to, to say that they automatically will. So just looking at some of the additional math, uh, if I if I matched it up evenly and said that if 1.1 million voters showed up for each or vote of Republicans and Democrats came out to vote, then that's really how you have to measure it, because then President Biden got a. Um, a significant greater percentage of the votes and the, the not only the percentage, but the actual raw numbers. And that's what you have to look at both of those. So um, that's just my, my kind of numerical. I thought, let's do some election math. Uh, I, re- I read an article yesterday that talked about um, what the uh, Donald Trump uh, documents case is starting to look like. And, that's the one that's in Florida that is being um, adjudicated by uh, Judge Eileen Cannon. And it's also the one that Jack Smith has put forth uh, down in Florida. These are the document. This is the this is the DOJ case of the documents that Donald Trump took with him uh, when he left the White House. So, you know, I could say he stole them. Uh, we'll, we'll call them. We'll say he took them with him. But here's a big question with the the um, compare and compare. Compare and contrast with what's happening in the New York case um, and the amount of money that he's going to have to pay in fines. I, I find it interesting, and I'm going to be very curious about this. Um, and Tom Hartman wrote this article, and I'll give you the edited version. He questions, and I think it's a good question to ask, um, how many people have been showing up in Mar-a-Lago in the last six to eight to, um, to months to a year? Um, and how many of those documents that Trump took when he left the White House are actually documents that have already been, for lack of a better word, sold to a foreign entity. There's been a, um, a Russian, uh, a quote unquote diplomat. There's been one from China that's, that's there, uh, that's, that's gone to Mar-a-Lago. And the question still remains, is this, is this Donald Trump's get out of jail free card? If the, when the, when the heat really comes down on him, does he, or has he already, um, put forth an effort with uh, these foreign entities to say, um, listen, I, these documents are, are ones that I have had a right to have. And um, if you go forward with these um, cases or this particular case in Florida, um, 
you know, here's what I've already done. Here's what I'm going to do. It's, it's not an unreasonable question um, because I think that right now with the New York case and the fines that he's having to pay and the increase in the fines, that that um, may be. I mean, I'd like to see if there are foreign bank accounts that he has to determine if there's money that's being funneled into those accounts to affect to help in him um, having to pay these fines. Um, and on that subject matter, the other thing I wanted to lean into with that, I noted yesterday that um, in in those case, uh, in the New York case um, and the amount of money that he's having to pay, and the question came about is he he requested a, um, a, a a stay, if you will, in having to pay the bond and then wanting to reduce it down to a hundred thousand to a hundred million dollars. Um, and what's starting to kind of seep out. In that, in that conversation is not only does he not have the money, the cash for that, but the properties that he would potentially have to put up for the collateral on the bond and or to, to sell have debt attached to them. So what that means is potentially is that some of those properties that he has loans on now that he doesn't fully own or that he doesn't own outright having loans on them may inhibit him from actually being able to get a certain amount of money. So he still may be short is kind of the point that I'm making in terms of what he may need to cover the bond. So that means that the, that the court um, may be in a, in a situation where they go even deeper into the other properties that could be used as the collateral for the bond. So it's getting, it's going to get dicey in that in that scenario, and uh, I don't think that he's going to have the ability, from what I'm reading, he's going to have the ability to um, limit to just a few properties what he's going to use for the collateral for the bond. So that that's why I kind of link together that with the with the documents down in Florida because um, is he already made deals with foreign uh, entities to provide him with funding? for helping him with this with this bond. And I think that's why we you know we gotta kinda keep an eye to see if there are any foreign bank accounts that he has. Um linked to that is one other piece and that's this um the fact that Lara Trump is gonna be potentially going to be the one of the co chairs of the DNC of the RNC and the monies that um she may funnel to his campaign, which could, you know, potentially be dollars that could be used for uh, dealing with this New York fine. So it's an interesting web and uh, it's a web that I think a lot of people are are paying attention to, meaning those who are who are on the legal side of this uh, scenario. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are also uh, worried that he's going to finagle, kind of fish off the line in it as it relates to uh, getting the money to pay for this. So we'll see. It's a, it's an, it's a moving, this, this scenario is kind of a moving target because um, there's some external factors that are going to impact how he uh, goes about handling this bond. So just have to pay attention to that. I, um, I th- let's see, do we have, oh, wow, it's, it's early morning. Let's, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and let's grab a quick call. Let's talk to, uh, let's talk to Michael here in Chicago. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, good morning. Uh, I've been I've been on your show before, and we were discussing ranked choice voting. Yep. And I'd like to make a few comments about that because I think ranked choice voting is a smart, intelligent, and modern way to vote. 
It's a real good deal. It gives you more alternatives. It gives you five votes instead of one little vote. And that way, more people will come out and vote in these elections. We're only getting 30, 35% of the people coming out in these off-year elections. More people would come out if they had, when they saw nine or 10 candidates running for an office, and they have only one vote, they say my one vote won't do any good. So yeah. with, with five votes, you have a better thing. Now, I know uh, uh, you've, you've talked about the evils of the third-party candidates, and I agree with you 100%. You said if you vote for a third-party candidate now, that vote is a vote for Trump. And I agree with you 100%. But nevertheless, unfortunately, one-half of a percent or a small number of people are, are not going to vote for uh, Biden on the, on the first choice, but they would be willing to do it on the second choice. See, you only have one one vote now. With ranked choice voting, you have five votes. And the first vote could be a protest vote or a vote for a third party. But then your second vote, you could come around and vote for a more moderate candidate like, moderate, moderate candidate, candidate like Biden. And you could uh, help Biden out in that way, you see, yeah. on your second and third place vote. That's but now with only one vote, the way it works with one vote, you, you don't have a choice to help out a more moderate candidate. Well, so that, and, that's and, one and, thing. And it also, the other part about this, Michael, and thanks for calling in, the other, the other thing that ranked choice voting uh, could do, and it, it, it seems that it has done it in various elections that you mentioned a few days ago, is it does get, I think it motivates people to get out to vote. Because then they, they do feel that their their opportunity to affect the election because there's other people on the ballot that they, you know, this is my first choice, this is my second choice. It gives people kind of a feeling like, all right, the the, the way the, the larger number of people are probably gonna vote for this candidate. He or she is not my 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 favorite, but they're my second favorite. And if the if my favorite doesn't make it, I'd like to see my second favorite still uh, get the nomination. I get the logic behind it, and it's 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 not just logic anymore. It's proving and bearing itself out in some of these states that are that that actually have it. So I don't, you know, I, I think that you talked about Alaska as one of the states. Um, I think that that's yes. how how Lisa uh, how Senator Lisa Murkowski has been able to has been forced to be competitive even in that state um, as a Republican because she recognizes that uh, ranked choice voting has really brought people out to vote for other than just her. But if she ended up being the candidate or the top of the candidate, she knows that she's kind of gone through the mill to get get everybody um, get get everyone's true vote. So I'm, I'm with you on that, Michael. I, I think it can be more effectively used um, than people have, are giving it credit for. Yeah, let me give you an example of forgetting the presidential thing, which uh, goes 49%, 51%. Let's take our mayor's our election for mayor of city of Chicago. There were nine, nine people running, and they all had experience in government. They were all legitimate candidates. Of the nine people running, I would say three were like moderates, uh, Baez, Lightfoot, Willie Wilson, moderate to conservative. But six were liberals with very progressive credentials. Six were very progressive. So you could what's called build your own coalition, a progressive coalition with your own vote. You don't need a precinct candidate the captain to tell you what to do. You just, of those six liberal progressive uh, candidates running, you make sure you vote for all your five votes 
only for the one of the progressive candidates and forget about the three conservatives. On the other hand, a conservative uh, uh, voter will vote for the one, two, three, the three conservatives and not vote for anybody else. You see? Yeah, absolutely. You, you vote. Yeah, and that, and and that's, you, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, Michael. Go ahead. Sorry about that. And that's the way you should vote. And, of course, on voting, we shouldn't vote for people because they have a green tie or a red tie or an orange tie <laughs> or, or they, or they have a dog or a cat. Michael, if, they, you know, somebody, if, if somebody's sporting a really nice, you know, a green tie or a green scarf, we got to give them a nod. They have the courage to come out in front of the public with a green tie on other than St. Patrick's Day or a green scarf. Come on now, Michael. we got to give them a little bit of credit there. I'm <laughs> just... I know, what you're, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You, you know, vote on vote on content, not on uh, uh, character, if you will, but not not on the costume. So, hey, Michael, we're going to hit this quick break. I appreciate you calling in this morning. Have a great Thursday, and I know we'll talk again soon. The number is 773-763-927. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey guys, we're back. This is Choose Views. The number is 773-763-9278. I appreciate you guys bearing with my uh, morning snotty face, stuffed up head radio show today. I'm sure you all have been there before and um, I'm making a point of staying away from Henry. Um as best I can. Uh, but anyhow, listen, we're going to dive into a couple of top topics that are, that are on everybody's mind right now. And uh, I'll just say it this way. Our Supreme Court is not so supreme. They're at it again. Um, and I have, a, a, I have an, ob- an observation as well as an opinion about this uh, in, in terms of their, their involvement or taking on the Trump immunity case uh, that they're going to hear. Uh, and the the, the expo- what I'll call the de- delayed expedite, expediting of the case until April twenty second. Um, you know, they, I, I think if anything that that delay or that time frame, um, you know, that's that's what they decided to do, and that's that's gonna it's already got a, a lot of people PO'd about it that it could be could be uh, could have been um, set for a date sooner, but. That is what it is. So I'm going to run through some stuff and then I want to come back and tell you guys sort of how we, how we have to deal with this. Um, so in 2016, uh, there were a lot of people who had protest votes against Hillary Clinton. And now we have Dobbs. We've got voting rights. Now the immunity trial delay for Trump. Um, and, you know, people are saying that it's going to, you know, they, they based on the Constitution, and this is something that I happen to know, that, you know, they have to give him, give him his due process and that the window of time after the, the uh, arguments and the case being presented in April could go up to three months if they made a decision in May, for example. So that pushes us into the end of the summer and into the, the, the heart of the final you know, quarter, if you will, of the election season. And so many people, opinions as well as legal experts are saying that the case won't go to trial before the 2024 November election. And that could very well happen. And that sucks for those who are leaning into this guy needs to be held accountable in this case and then in the others. And I agree with that. And I'm, I'm frustrated about it. Uh, but this is this is uh, this is where we are. 
And so as much as I've got some some uh, sarcasms about my opinion on this and my opinion, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that first and then I'll let's I'll talk about where we go. Um, this is justice in America. I mean, the Constitution does provide for him to have his his quote day or days in court. It our our justice system does provide the vehicle for him to delay, like he is, and trying to do in all the other cases, and throw up all this dust to create these distractions. The the court the, the case in Atlanta is the same thing. The delays down in Florida, the same thing. Here we are with the immunity case and the one that had got a little bit of a delay but won't see any further delay is the is the uh, the uh, election fraud case in New York and that's not a so uh, my point is this is our justice system doing what it does for certain people not for everybody so the frustration if there's a frustration that you have let me let me give you some points for the longest time, you know, folks like myself and, and Eric Grant uh, on the family meeting have talked about our justice system isn't always as just as people like to think that it is. It does work differently for other people. It's for some people than it does others. That's that's proven itself out. And, and let me let me talk about it from a political standpoint because I thought about this yesterday. Let's go way back to when uh, Richard Nixon uh, got caught with both of his hands in the cookie jar, and there was a recording of it. Now. That man should have done some time or paid a greater penalty than just being able to stand on Marine One and wave to everybody and salute, as you all may have saw. Yes, I'm a nerd that followed the Watergate trial. My mother allowed me to sit after school and watch the trial. And I can tell you that he was given an off-ramp by um, the way in which the machine works at that time, Barry Goldwater, as you guys may know, many of you know, went in and said, "Hey, listen, dude, we're going to uh, we're going to give you an off ramp. If you leave, we won't we aren't going to convict you. If you don't leave, I can't vote for you because I'm trying to run for president." I mean, that was, that, that basically what happened was what happened. They gave him an off ramp, and he took it. So that's how our justice system works. How our legal and justice system works. It does favor those who have uh, power and access and largesse to continue to shield themselves with attorneys that can do the research, that can create these motions and stays, and play the game. So if the system isn't, if you're not happy with the system right now, which, or and I'm sorry, let me be clear. If you're not happy with what's happening right now, based on how our justice system works, then the mechanism for changing that I'm going to get to just in a moment, but I want to make one other quick point about how, uh, the, con- the concerns that people have had. And that comes back to what you want versus what the legal system is going to provide a venue for. Um, I want for him to have a fair trial because what I think that the Supreme Court is doing in this case is they don't have any precedent. The Supreme Court likes precedent because what the Supreme what precedent does in most cases. Now Dobbs, obviously they said it was settled law. IVF, which I see some of you who are on hold want to talk about, um, is supposedly wasn't going to be part of the conversation. But you know, in my mind, Amy Coney Barrett lied. Uh, but the 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 conversation around 
how our how our justice system works and where we're headed with this is that I think the Supreme Court, since there's not a precedent, they want to create one. They want to have an opportunity because precedent gives the Supreme Court cover. It gives them cover or gives them a nothing else. It gives them a starting point on how they're going to approach cases that they do decide to hear. What's the precedent? What have been the previous rulings on a lower court? And in this case, they're, they're, although the federal court said, nah, this dude isn't immune, the Supreme Court, because of their ego, and I say all nine of them, not just the six that are, are, are right-leaning, and ironically, um, the, 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 to what was said earlier, uh, now are all five of the six Republican, or five of the six uh, you know, right-leaning uh, ju- uh, justices are Catholic. And that's interesting how our, how our country has, has, has moved on that, that scale. But anyhow, I think that they want to have the ability to lean into this since there's no precedent. There's no prior ruling. They want to be able, based on their ego, to have a say in the ruling on if a president is immune or not. I think that's why they took this case. I think they're tired of it. Tired maybe is, a, is, a, is not the right word. I think they, they want, um, I'm going to stay on the ego thing because that's kind of where my, my, trend thought, my, my thought trends were yesterday. They want to be able to control this conversation. So as much as people are frustrated about what's happening right now with the Supreme Court taking, on, uh, taking the case and hearing it and how the delays may kick in based on what the Constitution provides in terms of due process, I think the Supreme Court just basically said, uh, or, or uh, four of the five, and then soon to be five of the of the. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, four of the of the nine, and soon to be five of the nine. They just they they want to be able to to to, to uh, be relevant. If you think about what's happening with the Supreme Court, or has been happening over the last two years since the midterms, is that their relevance has been challenged. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. <coughs> Sorry about that. Their relevance has been challenged because of some of the decisions that they made. And because of that, and because of the things that have come out with regard to Clarence and with regard to uh, John Roberts and then Alito's commentary about certain things, their embracing of the of, of uh, Katenji, uh, Judge, Judge Jackson, I, I just feel that, that that's where they are. That's why they took this case. I don't think they took the case necessarily on the merits because the federal court wrote a pretty good um, um, decision on that on the when they saw when they heard the case from all the attorneys uh, snippets that I looked at yesterday they, it was it's a pretty button tight uh, um, a ruling but I think the Supreme Court has said yeah but we want to be able to put our we want to as, as I've heard people say we want to be able to dip our beak in that it looks kind of juicy this is a big case we get to determine. If, the, if a president is immune or not. So that's what I wanted to lead with in this conversation. Now, the other part of it is, and I don't know, if, um, if I'm, a, I'm, I'm debating on if I want to take a call. And then when we come back, I'll talk about the other, on the other side of what I think we should do. So let's do this. I want to, I want to split this in half today. Plus it'll give me a chance to breathe. Uh, I want to take a, uh, take a quick call and then, after that, we're going to go to a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about the other side of the Supreme Court decision to take this case. So very quickly, uh, Diane, uh, we're going to go to you. we got about 30 seconds. Real quick, what's happening? 
I don't have time. You didn't give me enough. I give everybody. um, Go ahead, Diane. Go go with what you got. Okay. Headlines. In the Guardian, Alabama, um, you read all the way through it. There's money. The headline is group linked to anti-abortion mega donors. The group linked is connect with Uline. Uline got their money from the Swift brothers, mm-hmm. confirmed in Forbes, and they're some kind of a super PAC okay. that um, got it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. For my 30 seconds? I absolutely okay. get it. Okay. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, Diane. Thanks for calling in. Uh, she she makes a good point, guys, and, and I, don't, I don't know how much we'll be able to lean into it today, but um, many folks are familiar with where some of the super PAC money is coming from, uh, and that's a that that's a topic and, and that we're gonna we're gonna lean into not today, but in a, in, a, in a later show. And I'm making a note of it because um, I do want to talk about um, uh, campaign funding and Citizens United because I've gotten some communication on social media about that um so listen guys i see that you guys are on hold i'm going to get to you when we come back from the break i'm just trying to stay on time today and also be able to breathe so the number is 773-763-9278 this is choose views and we'll be right back you're listening to choose views with richard chu on wcpt 820 chicago's progressive talk Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, just wanted to um, take a break for a second so I could breathe. But let me come back to where I was with regard to the Supreme Court. So I laid out the case of why I think that they took this, that why I think they, they're taking this case and then what they're going to hear. Uh, but at the same time, I'm going to, uh, this, this is going to be the uh, what do we do about it part of how I see this. So we know what the Supreme Court did in Bush v. Gore. We know that they've made some decisions, and I don't think the Supreme Court has been the same or been, quote, supreme since then. Okay? I I just don't. Uh, And and I'm basing that on their decisions to take certain cases and their decisions in certain cases as to why the Supreme Court has lost, lost its luster after that. Okay, but here's what we have to look at and what we have to do. It, and, and I go to this, you know, the lessons that we've all probably heard or had to experience is that what can you do about it? Okay, so I'm going to I'm just going to sort of streamline this. Uh, and what I mean by streamline is just try to make this as, as quick and narrow as, as possible. This is the opportunity. This is the moment for progressives to ask themselves the question, look in the mirror and ask yourself this question. Have I left it on the field? Let's just go back to uh, President Obama's first term and the midterms, which you've heard me talk about before. Have I left it on the field? Have I done every doggone thing I can do in state elections, uh, well, local elections, state elections, regional, and, and the national election? Have I done everything I can do? Look yourself in the mirror and ask that question first. Because if you haven't, then the ball's kind of in our court. Because at the end of the day, if we go back and look at certain elections where the turnout was low from progressives or Democrats and Republicans eked a a victory out, that came back to bite us in the behind. Okay? And and in recent elections, it starts with President Obama's uh, first uh, term midterm, the 2010 election. A lot of people didn't show up 
and the and the house was a massive loss, and it took uh, damn near two cycles to get it back. The Senate's been on a, uh, you know tipping for the same amount of time, and we're gonna get to Moscow, Mitch, in, in the second hour. But listen, guys, I understand that we can moan and groan about what the Supreme Court has decided to do and take this case and the other delays. But I'm telling you, we have to be more vigilant as progressives to get off of our behinds and stay off of our behinds and, and, and get, in, get involved and stay involved. We don't have the luxury to not show up. Because if we have been, if we had been showing up, let's just look at it like this. It's like a, it's all, it's like the fire drill mentality. All of a sudden, everybody, because of what, because of Donald Trump, and I'm just using a, the most recent, like, oh my God, moment. The the week following the election in 2016, there were women and men out in all the major, the top ten cities in the country protesting, upset as hell. Because this dude had been elected slash appointed to president. And everybody's losing their damn minds about it. I get that. But, you know, folks like myself and Eric Grant and others have been saying for years, we've been ringing the the bell for years, there are monsters in the damn closet. They're under the bed and now they're in bed under the sheets with you. We've been yelling at the top of our lungs that our justice system is problematic Our election system is problematic. But the one thing that everybody can do is show the hell up for elections. You know, uh, uh, Michael just talked about rank choice voting. Voting, yeah. Michael just talked about rank choice voting. Look, y'all, that's about showing the hell up. And so as much as we can be upset about what the Supreme Court has decided to do in taking this case, it it also means that the burden is on us to take control of this conversation. It means that you don't have the luxury of saying, I ain't going to vote or I'm going to protest vote. And this is where I'm linking this all together. This protest voting uh, stuff is malarkey. I get you on a protest vote because you, you know, you got your little issue about, you know, President Biden isn't threatening the needle just the way you want him to in the Middle East. OK, I get that. But if the Dobbs decision impacted you, if you're a woman and you didn't show up in the last two elections, then you don't really have a right to complain. You may, you, I should say, have a right to complain. You don't have a leg to stand on. You have a right to complain, but you have a leg to stand on. And I say the same thing to guys and any community, any ethnic community. If you didn't show up in the last couple of elections on a local level, on a state, I mean, what, 28% of the Chicago voters showed up? For this last uh, 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 election, but I hear people complaining about what uh, Mayor Johnson isn't doing. Did you show up to vote? If you didn't, then you need to shut the hell up. So, with the Supreme Court decision to take this case, the the mechanisms that we have in place, there's a couple of them. Even if we wanted to lean on President Biden to expand the Supreme Court to 13 justices like there are in the federal courts, which I agree with. I've been saying that for a long time, farther than further back than this last cycle with Biden um, being elected, that it would at least equate to the federal court system. But I'm staying on this point because it's important. You can waste your time being PO'd about the Supreme Court taking this, this case on. But let's be honest. 
had we shown up and not complained about Hillary's damn emails, if folks had shown up in greater numbers in Michigan, and I can hear this all day long, she's not a great campaigner. Okay, so you need somebody to tell you to come out and vote for her? You know what the issues were. Come on, y'all. I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, she wasn't a great campaigner in Michigan. Shut up. You mean you need somebody to come tell you to get your behind up and go vote? Are you crazy? How come you need to have an illustrious, vibrant, wonderful, well-spoken, you know, not everybody is Obama. Not everybody is FDR. Hell, not everybody is Reagan. You should know the issues. And and with all the, look, if you go swipe on your damn phone, then maybe swipe about some some civics. You know, how elections work. What's happening with the, the candidates. I provide information to the best of my ability, as so many other progressive voices do. But damn it, y'all, get off your behinds and get out to vote and take five people with you. If we had elected Hillary Clinton in those uh, battleground states that were narrowly deciding, you can't blame, say she didn't campaign well in Michigan or in, in, in Wisconsin uh, or in, in uh, Pennsylvania. She did. And if it was wrong, it was wrong. But did you not show up? The people that sat at home that didn't vote for her in 16. Are you the same people that are whining and moaning now because the Supreme Court took Donald Trump's case? Then where in the hell were you in 2016? Because you should have been out campaigning rather than waiting for her to come and spoon feed you the message. So I'm tired of hearing progressives whine about this Supreme Court decision to take on the case, because if if Supreme voters, <laughs> I just made that up, had decided to show up in 16, the three justices that were appointed by the dude who's about to have an opportunity to plead his case in front of them would not be there. They just wouldn't. And if we go back further, and if y'all had shown up in the 2012, uh, 2010 midterms to give President uh, Obama the Congress that he needed, House and Senate, Mitch McConnell wouldn't have had the leverage he did to not let President Biden come through with his nominations to bring to a vote uh, to uh, uh, with the Senate because we would have had the Senate. Okay, so I hear it. I, I get it. Y'all are, folks are upset. But, you know, you you had the ball at the one yard line and decided to not run it in. <laughs> Referencing the Super Bowl with the with the, the uh, Seattle Seattle Seahawks and the Patriots where they decided to throw the ball rather than run it with Marshawn Lynch. But anyhow, y'all get the point. And if you don't, I'm going to hammer it in again. We had the opportunity to run this one in in 26. Actually, going back further again, when President Obama was in office and we didn't take advantage of voting so that we could have had the Senate that we needed to help him get at the time, Merrick Garland, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, selected. And even those who say that Ruth, uh, former uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg stayed too long. Everything I read said the reason she stayed as long as she did is she was hoping to get to the next cycle so that and, and then we didn't get Hillary. In. So there's the dominoes, guys. There's the dominoes. It starts with us taking responsibility and getting our behinds out to vote and taking five with you and getting them to get five. It really does, guys. And I know I'm screaming at you today. Um and I, I apologize for that. But don't sit back and be upset and whining and complaining about what the Supreme Court did. 
when we had the opportunity to do something about that in the past and then make this future better. So going forward, whether to, even to expand to, uh, the court to 13 judges, which a lot of people are saying that President Biden should, should uh, lean into, we still need the Senate to confirm. We, we have to have the Senate to be able to do that. Y'all understand that? And we need a, we need a House that's run by, by Democrats to keep the crazies out. That requires voting in the down-ticket elections. So when I was preparing for the show yesterday and I heard this breaking news and I was just thinking about how do I want to handle this? Do I want to be the guy that's going to go on and go, oh, those awful Supreme Court justices, what's wrong with them? And they're so, they're so unfair. And they took this case and Donald Trump's going to win. And we're not, no, y'all, it ain't like that. I'm sorry, it's just not. It's in our hands. And as a black man in America, the thing that I will tell you is I have seen the justice system be unjust. And my only, my, my two um, tools that I have to fight back against that are my ability to vote. One is my ability to vote. And the other, which is actually the predecessor, is my ability to think about how I want to be involved in the process. Do I want to sit back and whine and complain or do I want to get in the game? And I'm a get in the game kind of dude. Anybody that knows me will tell you, I, I, I got to get in the game. I got to play. I'm sick as hell right now. I got this damn head cold and all that, but I was not going to not show up today. Okay. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm saying we have to be that way as progressives. If we're going to call ourselves progressives, then doggone it, we got to wear the jacket all day long. And that's where we are right now. You do not have the luxury to complain about this. You have the power to get involved and bring some folks with you. I'm passionate about that because to me, that's what being a progressive is all about. To move forward, you got to be in the game. And if you're in the game, you got to work. We're going to take a quick break. The number is 773-763-9278. Choose Views. We'll be right back. You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey guys, I'm back. This is Richard Chu and this is Chu's Views. In case you just tuned in, the number is 773-763-9278. I apologize for my snotty face broadcast this morning and I appreciate the support that uh, some of you guys are throwing at us on on, uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter. And uh, that's, I, I appreciate it and I respect you guys for hanging with me today. Uh, my man Henry is also keeping us on the rails as always. Uh, so listen, uh, I, <laughs> this is, uh, I don't know, I just got to say this. Uh, and I, I, may, I may sound like I'm poking fun, but this Texas fire is, is hugely unfortunate. We all have some relatives that are probably in, in, in somewhere in Texas. It may be because of work, it may be because of other, other things. Um, so we want their safety, as we want all Texans' safety. You could be red as hell. I don't want something, any harm to come to you. That's just how I am. That's how I roll. But I'm, this is a comment not about Texans, right, left, or in the middle. This is a comment about their funky government. They spent 140, Henry, check this out, man. They spent $142 million sending human beings to, enough, to other states so they can make a damn point about Y'all notice because I'm stuffy today, I'm cussing more. <laughs> so anyhow, $142 million, Henry, to send folks to other states to make a point, a political point. Human beings. 
no matter if they're left, right. Here's what's crazy about Greg Abbott. This is what, how stupid he is. See, this is why this is why this is. I just say there is a God. She, she, he, them, they, because God doesn't let me talk to certain politicians because he know he she knows exactly how I would deal with them. How stupid! First of all, your power grid is jacked up. You can't keep the lights on. You can't keep people warm and safe. You can't keep people cool. And I know I have. We have family down there and friends. But this is the crazy part. This is what's so crazy about Greg Abbott. He is so hell-bent on mistreating human beings. The man wants to call himself a Christian. Shows his behind up in church on Sunday, assuming, assumingly. But he ships human beings to another state because we don't want y'all here and we want to prove it. We want to make a point. The irony about this, and this is, again, how my brain works. The irony about this from a political standpoint is the people that he's sending away may, in fact, be people that would vote for him if they were able to get registered in that state. Isn't that crazy, Henry? I mean, think about that for a second. So it just goes to show he doesn't give a damn. Because they may, in fact, not be people that would be progressive voters. They might be more uh, conservative voters. We don't know. They might lean in. To the conversation on on a, um, a woman's right to choose or, or being uh, being pro life or, or pro choice, that just goes to show how stupid the dude is, and he can't keep his power grid working. I'm sorry, I just I just I'm when the, when the fire thing popped up this week, I was like, first of all, you know, Lord protect those folks down there because fire is no joke, okay. But Duke can't keep his power grid working right, can't protect his people, and is and potentially pushing away voters to make a political point. Anyhow, let's grab some quick calls. Henry, I know that we got folks waiting. Let's go to my man Dave in Hoffman Estates. Hey, Dave, thanks for holding, man. I know you've been on for a minute. I just wanted to plow through some of those issues. What's happening this morning? Uh, it's your show. Uh, the, uh, uh, like what that Supreme Court thing you brought up last uh, Ellie McStall put it best last night. He was a MSNBC he was on. And he was pretty clear bit about this. But he said that you don't have conservative judges there no more. You got six Republican operatives. That just happened to wear robes right now. There it is. And, uh, and, he, and there's a man that knows the law. You know, and he put it perfectly. That, no. Hey, Dave, wouldn't, wouldn't it be kind of awesome to be in a law class that was taught by Ellie Mastall. I mean, yeah. it would be funny as hell and you'd have to pay attention because he looks like the kind of the professor that would throw something at you if you were staring out the damn window. But you would learn a yeah. whole bunch of stuff. Wouldn't, don't you agree? I agree. He looks like that Eddie Murphy character. The one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, clump, the clumps? Oh, yeah, he does. Yes. And, I, and I was telling a friend of mine a year, a year or so ago, I was looking at Ellie when he had his really big gray fro. I said, damn, Eddie Murphy and his team should get together with him and do like a little skit with him being uh, being the, the clump dude and uh, and then Ellie Mastall. That would be hilarious. Anyhow, I can't believe your brain works like yeah. mine when it comes to that stuff. Oh, <laughs> Dave, my goodness. Uh, I got to do a little pushback on you, though. On uh, like we mentioned on President Obama. Okay. And, uh, he, he did have the Senate for uh, a brief drink of water that time. Remember them, what did they call them? Blue dog Democrats. And yep, you're right. Uh, and uh, one that pops up right away is you know Max Baucus and that. But uh, I think in that case, 
if, if he was just pretty much like a freshman senator who decided he wanted to run for president out of the Paul Simon you know, school of thought. And it, you know, he was like his first term as a senator, and he just hit the right side. <clears throat> and, um, and I think they, you know, kind of played him a little bit, you know? I mean, it's, it, that he's in the deep end of the pool, you know? You know, history is a great, you know, teacher in in that regard. Uh, I, I would agree with you on that. And 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 yes, they there was a a, a short dripping of water time that that they had the Senate, uh, but they didn't have it for the. Again, it, it doesn't change the fact that had people voted consistently and come out in the midterms and the generals in those eight years he was in office, we'd be in a different place right now because there would have been more voters to get those. I mean, I'm just saying. Yes, you're yeah. right. Technically, well, you're think, right. Yeah, I think we spoke about it when you're on the family meeting show at the time, where um, he didn't, you know, he could have talked to uh, RGB to retiring. And they did talk to him, from what I understand. Him. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, no, okay. That, that, I did not know that. And then the, uh, the what Merrick Garland, you know, where he kind of gave in to to Mitch McConnell and at that time. No, I was, I was surprised because he was supposed to be a constitutional scholar yeah. at, you know, Harvard. And he should have known that thing, too, where he could have probably put him in as a recess appointment. And I recess mean, this, appointment. Is all, yeah. it, this is all 2029 right now. I mean, it's been, you know, it's water under the bridge, but, you know, that, you know, that are just a couple of things that kind of not, you know, that, and then the, um, the, on, um, like your your callers that you talk about from Ohio. Um, oh, before I get into that one, uh, and President Obama also had said that he had wanted to run like FDR, you know, that we, with that the make you know type of thing, you know, make them push him to make them do certain things. And then when we did, he kind of started lecturing us and uh, for doing that. You know, he called us to do it. Then when we did it, he didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've never said that President Obama or any president is a perf- was a perfect president. Um, he's the last president to be uh, to 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 win a reelection, though. And in modern mm-hmm. times, that means something because he was reaching people that needed to be reached, and he was getting things done that needed to be to be done. My point was this, uh, and, and yeah, you've heard me say this before on the family meeting and here on Choose Views. There's some things I wish President Bi- uh, President. Obama could have done or would have done differently. I think he tacked to the center uh, because he knew the voting base was there. I think he should have had some more representation of black men in his cabinet. I, I will never change. I, I, I'll i see him on the golf course and I'll say, former President Obama, I wish you had done this. And his reasonings are his reasonings. But that that strategically would have been the thing. This is We talk about optics and we talk about what's happening with, quote, younger male voters or middle-aged male voters. I'm telling you, optics are important. And had he had more black men in his cabinet, then there would have been a visual uh, uh, sense that this guy. And I understand what people say. Well, you ever, but Richard, he ran as a, as a neutral president. And I, I get all that. But I'm talking about optics. That's one of mine. There's others. But at the end of the day, the fix, the fix for the problem structurally would have been for people to have voted in their Senate elections to get more progressive Democrats in the Senate and the House. That would have allowed the brinksmanship that happened to be great, have been greatly reduced. That's a fact. 
And I agree with you. There's some things I wish he had tacked a little bit differently on. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the voters' voices weren't heard in the numbers that were needed for him to be able to make some of those structural changes. So, but no, man, I'm sorry. And timing is everything. No joke. You know, like this. No and that, 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 your caller about with the historical thing, he, surprised he didn't mention, too, that the FDR, the only one that we know that ever had three vice presidents. Yeah, he had three different vice yeah. yeah, I know. Is that crazy? I think he's the first president. He's the yeah, only president because he ran three terms or had three terms, four terms. So, well, he was on four. Four terms, right. Uh, That's right. Wow. See, 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 see what... Uh, See what useless information yeah. can do sometimes? <laughs> exactly. If you've got too much time on your hands. But, uh, the, uh, the one that uh, would have been great would have been that, that Henry Wallace. But he oh, got run out by the conservative Democrats that time because they thought him to be too uh, erratic type stuff. And that. Imagine what would have happened if Henry Wallace had been his, his VP, VP rather than Truman. There's a lot... Of history behind yeah. that. That's a whole. That's the study that. Go, my goodness, uh, Dave. Thank you for bringing that up. But yeah, I, I've leaned into that in my private time to review that, and that would have been a game changer in a lot of ways, more than people realize, based on some of the policies that that uh, that uh, Truman uh, set forth. Dave, you know we're coming yeah. up on, onto a break, right? And so you know I'm going to yeah. gently let you go because I've got to hit yeah. this break. <laughs> I know. That's We're true. Off. It's so true. It's a lot of history there. <laughs> Dave, listen, man. Yeah, let me. Got, uh, a little longer. Anyway, yeah, I didn't even get to what I wanted. I know we have the time limit. People want to talk. But hey, thanks for, for hearing me out again. Always. Big high, big high five. To, you too, man. Be safe today. Uh, so, guys, uh, uh, thanks, Dave, for calling, by the way. Have a safe one. Uh, the number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, we're back. Uh, this is Choose Views. The number is 773-763-9278. One of the things that uh, I think Dave wanted to talk about uh, that we didn't hit uh, because of time is um, Hunter Biden. And I'm not quite sure this, if this is the direction he was going or not. But I will say this. Hunter Biden, from the reports that I read, came out swinging in this private uh, testimony that he gave. Um, and many of the GOP fools forget that Hunter Biden is an attorney, has a law degree practiced for a while, was very successful as an attorney, and he knows the law. So the GLP, um, and, and that's that's the reason at the end of the day, I think that other than the, the optics behind it, that they don't want this testimony to be public. Because uh, from what I from what I read, he, he came out swinging. He came out ready. He came out prepared to just to deal with the BS that they were bringing him, and he came with the receipts. So that's, that's the reason I, I wanted to hit that real quickly I know that Dave had, had, um, may, may have wanted to chat about that. We can lean into a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, but this is this is how the GLP rolls. They don't they're they're not prepared. They it's just it's it's a show. It's the chaos as we as we talked about before. But this is where we as progressive have to look at what we what we're empowered with. We have we have so many tools in our hands. You know we can't you know misuse the tools or leave them sitting in the toolbox. We have to use them. And right now, our, our two biggest tools, I believe, are our commitment to fixing the problems 
and fixing the problems comes uh, uh, happens with changing who the leadership is. And changing the leadership requires you have to get out and vote. And it also requires you got to bring some people with you into the conversation. And you know, for the long, longest time, your lifetime, Henry, and, and longer, people have leaned onto this. You know, you can't talk about politics and religion and money with, with family and friends. And I think that's a bunch of BS now. Because what's happened is, those on the right, and I've sat and listened to conversations that people have, they talk about it. But progressives, uh, liberal Democrats, have, have, have for, for far too long have said, well, we can't, you know, we're talking about politics. I've got some friends of mine that, and I had a, I had a, I had a little kerfuffle a year and a half ago with a couple of friends of mine while playing golf. And the conversation veered into talking about politics. And not because of anything that I did, because I knew these guys didn't like to talk, they said they didn't like to talk about politics. They were playing golf, so, you know, whatever, we're doing our thing. And I was like, after we were all said and done at the end of the round, I was like, wait a minute. Don't ever tell me what I can and cannot do. Because I'm not the one that started the fire. But I was about to put it out. So we have to, as progressives, kind of take the Hunter Biden. Be ready to come out swinging. Because we've been, we've been back on our heels for far too long. I'm tired of people running around saying, oh, we can't talk politics, Rich. Can't talk about that. Can't talk about, give me a break. If you don't, and, and, and Karen uh, from Chicago, and I talk about this every now and again, and she's kind of, you know, we both lean into this one. Uh, people say, I don't do politics. Well, if you don't do politics, tr- trust me, they're going to cook you. They're going to do you. And that's what's happening. So progressives, and, and, and this is a perfect example of why what I'm saying, it's not that it's right, but it's relevant. After the 2016 election, all these folks came out. And ladies, don't get pissed off at me for saying this. But where were where was that energy prior to Trump being elected? When guys like me, I'm a dude, and I was saying 15, 18, 20 years ago, hey, y'all, we got some problems with racism, with sexism, with how we're treating our LGBTQ communities, with uh, uh, jobs, with health. I was saying that stuff in, in, in before Bush got elected. But folks weren't listening because many people were saying, oh, Rich, you're playing the race card. No, I'm not. My good friend, I'm going to mention his name, Bob Sherrell, said to me years ago, probably uh, almost 30 years ago, he said, we didn't invent the race card. So how in the hell can we play it? And as it relates to where we are today and why I keep saying come out swinging like Hunter Biden did, is you got to look, you got to look yourself in the mirror, like I said in the first hour, and ask yourself, have I left it on the field? And if you haven't, then that's where you start in this process. Because I refuse, I, I mean, I ain't moving, I'm not leaving this country not to live someplace else. I, I want to, there's many places on the planet that I love and would, could, could live in and outside of the U.S. in a heartbeat. But I'm not giving up on this fight. And I think that part of my role here at CPT and, and, and Choose Views is to inspire you guys that, hey, I'll, 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 I'll dive into the deep end of the pool, whether you choose to or not. But I'm diving in. I hope you follow me. So let's lean into this thing together. And with that, I want to go to my man Bob in Indiana because he wants to talk about are we pushing in the right direction? Hey, Bob, welcome to Choose Views. What's happening this morning? Well, once again, you've uh, stolen my thunder, you and 
Dave and all the others. So uh, I guess I'll just stay for the pancake breakfast now, I suppose. <laughs> but um, I, uh, you know, uh, of uh, late years, I've come to call them the extreme court, not the Supreme Court. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's my thought on that. And I, I guess you get an idea where I lean there. But um, but you're you're right. Well, I agree with you anyway. That uh, had we uh, and like you say, Obama was a great president, and uh, all of our great presidents were not perfect, and we never will have a perfect president. So people should get over that crazy idea. Stop the litmus but test of, I, of the presidency. Sorry, sorry uh, about that, Bob. Go ahead. No, well, I voted for Obama for all three terms. <laughs> now, you, you, you probably see you probably see a little numerical problem there, but no, I'm with you. In my estimation, he was cheated out of one and a half because, large as you say. We didn't get out and vote in the right way and the right numbers during most of his presidency. And it is my belief, if you believe his presidency was any good at all, it would have been a hundred times better if he would have had a, a Congress that would at least work with him in a reasonable come on bob preach this thursday morning because think about the inspiration that if if he had had if 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 citizens had come out and voted for him not him voted for voted in the midterms to give him the house and the senate that he really needed then that would have there would have been some trickle down in some of the state elections but more importantly americans would have seen the progress that he was promising when he talked about yes we can't and so that's the part that I want to get to with people when I try to get them to understand. Doggone it, right now, we don't have the luxury to, to, to repeat that same action during his two midterms. So. Well, look, look, at, look at the stupidity that we are going through now because, boy, we did so good in the last election, but we couldn't quite do good enough, particularly in the Congress. And look at the mess that's holding everything up there. Yep. They don't know how to legislate. They're not getting anything done. They're not moving things oh, forward. I think, they, I think they have, in my opinion, I think they have been playing that game so long that they have lost it. I mean, I don't think as far if if you put them in charge of everything uh, totally my God, what a circus that would be. Because I don't think they understand it. They've been so long doing this, do nothing. that They haven't an idea anymore of how to govern. I really believe they could, couldn't handle it. Yeah, the people that they're sending to office are a piece of crap. They just are. And they don't know how to legislate. Hey, hey. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna cuss that cold right out of you. I'm, I'm trying, you know. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Remember that commercial? Remember that commercial back in the '70s? I'm gonna wash that man right out of my hair. That, yeah. I'm gonna cuss this cold right out of my system. You're today. gonna get it. You, you're gonna come up with a whole new treatment, and you're gonna be rich. That's you're gonna right. be rich. 
Richie. Richie Rich. <laughs> so, My man, Bob. Well, have a great day. I will, Bob. You be safe today, and thank you for calling in to choose views. I love my man, Bob. He's like that old uncle. He's like that. I won't say I won't call you old, Bob. So I apologize, but I'm sure he'll embrace that. He's like that uncle that everybody deserves to have. That uncle that just will sit down with you, rap with you about anything, tell you, you know, tell you to act right, be good, all those things. But he's there for you when you don't, and that's who Bob represents. So I appreciate your support in calling us this morning. Um, so guys, we're coming up on a break. I know we got a couple more calls. We'll get to those after the break. So stay with us. The number is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. It's Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Choose Views. The number is 773-763-9278. So happy that you guys are here. I uh, appreciate all your uh, your comments on social media. And of course, my morning shout outs to uh, Indy, to Vin, to Deb, uh, just wonderful. Optimus P, Shane, Rita, uh, Jeffrey, Bud. Gina, you guys, are, you guys are fabulous. You have, you know how much, you have no idea how much it humbles me that you guys are following our show and the work that we're doing. And so, I want to continue to uh, be a leader in that space, give you guys a home to come to, big arms, my eighty-four inch wingspan. You can fit in there, and we're gonna get this thing done. We do not have the luxury, y'all, to sit back and wait. We just don't. We got to stay in the game. We have to fight. We have to fight hard. We have to lean in. Uh, I could use a, a ton of movie analogies and all that, but at the end of the day, we don't have that luxury. We can reset the clock on some of the things that haven't gotten done in the last 20 years politically. And it starts with us recognizing, as I said, in our own minds, looking in the mirror and asking, have I done it? Have I done everything I can do? And if I haven't, then what is it? And where can I go get help to do more? And certainly the other part of that ultimately is to get out and vote, make sure you're registered and get some people out with you. That's the, that is ultimately what we get. We have the, the, the control and the power to do now uh, to that point about other things to do. We talked about the purple plan. I gave you guys some uh, information on a few candidates races that you need to lean into. We're going to hit that, you know, try to do that every Wednesday. Um, tomorrow we have a guest. Uh, her name is Allison Loggenbach. She is, a newly elected, it's been a year now, ironically, uh, to the Naperville City Council. She'll be on to talk about some of the things that they've been doing out there, some of her experience in that role, but also to give you guys a couple of tips and thoughts about um, the, some of the things that you can do to help in other races. And so uh, I'm going to have Allison on tomorrow morning, uh, right at the beginning of the second hour, to talk about that. So you guys will want to tune in um, to check out what she has to say. We've got some more callers, and I think we should do the right thing and grab them real quick. Let's go to my man, Alvin. What's going on, Big A? How are you? Uh-oh. Hey. How's it going, Rich? Good. How are you? You got an echo in the background. You know, you okay? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let, yeah, let me take you off my... I got my hair set on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let me go. Okay. <laughs> I'm at work, too, so I can have somebody hollering at you. Okay. All right. Let me, let me try, I'm going to try to get you off a hit. Okay. Uh, let's see here. It's getting better. Whoa. Okay, wait, wait. Hey, you hear me? Hear I can, me now? I can hear, hear you. Now? Okay, all right. <laughs> hey, I was just uh, calling to say thanks for the book. Oh, you're welcome. Remember you had the Super Bowl question? Yes, I do. 
You were you were you were the you were the guy that was was a true was a true progressive and a true honest dude. Yes, I remember you yes, absolutely. Sir. And my wife was on yes, my case, sir. like we got to get the books out. I'm like, we will. I just want to make sure I got the right address. <laughs> she was on me, man. Right, I'm telling right. you, you 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 and, you and Bob right. won those books. So congratulations. How you been doing though? Uh, been doing good. You know, I listened to you guys between you, Stephanie Miller, and uh, Tom Hartman. I listen to you guys every day at work. So. Thank you. We and appreciate then, you that. Know, Oh yeah, oh yeah, and then because you have to get the truth, you know. We try it, and, man. Um, we try so, it, man. What else so is going on? Are you going to be doing the family meeting or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in and out. Um, we, you know, Eric and I, Eric, Eric, Eric thinks I'm too damn old to do a show six days, a, uh, five days a week, let alone six days out of a, out of a week. So he said, look, man, uh-huh. we, we're going to, he, he said, let's just, let's just do this thing a little bit differently. So, and I said this earlier in the right. week, yes, I'm definitely still part of the family meeting guys. Don't worry about that. But Eric and I just okay, said, okay. Let, let, let's balance it out a little bit. And I, and I have to appreciate and respect him even more for kind of looking out for a brother and saying, Hey, man your ass is you. you are I old so hey you got a young sound of voice though well thank so, you i try I guess, my, I guess, my my uh I guess, go ahead sorry sorry alvin i'm talking over you sorry no no i guess i guess uh like don't crack even in the voice even in the voice well, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell you one that you'll appreciate my my uh my brother-in-law okay. was listening to the show uh last week and he's in uh just outside uh-huh. of uh the uh, Kalamazoo Grand Rapids area of Michigan and he called right. he called my wife and, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing but basically said wow Richard really sounds excited on the show and I was like, well, that, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of compliments that I could get, but that's a pretty nice one. And I am I'm, I am excited, guys. You got to understand, I'm passionate about this stuff. I am dog, right down. You know, I'm passionate about it. I don't have a choice. I have to be. And in this role, in this opportunity, my goal is to to further impassion other folks because we can we can set the clock back on this stuff. You know, we can, we can fix this, but we got to stay involved. We got to stay passionate about it. We don't have the luxury. And I mean, I know we've been working our behinds off for years, but we can't stop. So I am, I am excited about this. Yeah, I, I go, I, I come to work and, uh, it's like the time just flies, you know, listening to you guys. It's like, man, you inspire me to want to, I was, uh, one of my old neighbors in my apartment complex. He was like, you know, he's gay, and uh, he and my son are, are good friends. Well, we're all good friends. Right. You know, and, you know, I have a problem with anybody, you know. But um, I was like, man, we're just sitting around, you know, shooting stuff. And I was like, uh, man, we should do, like, a, a podcast, like 100 miles an hour. and call it 100 miles an hour. Just go from one topic to the next. Why you know? not, Alvin? Why not? <laughs> how, how, how old is your son? My son is uh, thirty-one, and his and his friend is a, roughly the same age. Or? Yeah, about the same age, right? Okay, so and so I am. Uh, how old are you? Sixty-three. Okay, so I'll be sixty-four in September. In September. All right, we'll have to remember that come birthday time. But look, man, here's the deal. I'll call back. I know you will. Those cats. Those cats are younger than you and me, and they probably have the skill set and they have the surroundings of other friends that that in an hour they could put a podcast together. And I'll tell you, this is oh, the, yeah. this is the deal I'll make with you because I know you're in the in the, uh, in the in the Chicago metropolitan area. One of my okay. good friends and followers, uh, Karen from Chicago, she yeah. and Anita yeah, yeah, put, yeah. They, 
they put together a yeah, podcast. I listen to it. And I, I'll be, I hear them every day. I'll, I'll, be, know it. Yeah. I'll be more than happy to put you guys together and have her help you. Oh, put the, I'm, I'm serious, man. I'm, I'll be more than yeah, happy. I don't I'll, know if she's listening right now, but I'm, I'll, I know I'm going to talk to her in the next day or so. I'll put you two oh. together, and then you guys, she can help you figure out how to put a podcast sure. together. And the next thing you know, sure. 100 miles an hour will be on. And you all will be doing your thing. I can quit my job, <laughs> or not. You can spread the word, the message even bigger. But this, this, this is this is what humbles me and excites me at the same time, Alvin. And that is the fact that we get to have a conversation like this, where you call into our show. You're a participant, and there's some things that you want to do. That's part right. of the excitement for me. That's what keep one of the things that keeps me excited about this is that Alvin wants to right. do a podcast. Well, hell, why not? Oh, man. And we've got exactly. the, we've got the resources, which is our connections, to make that thing right. happen. So, yep. network, all right, network, network. We'll, 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 we'll do it. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll get with Karen and, and uh, figure out how to get okay. you guys connected, and you guys can start to work in that in that direction. But uh, okay, well, look, I'll stay on the on the line and, and get give my information. Okay. Well, we uh, I'll, yeah, I'll make sure that Henry gets your number again, and then uh, and then I'll have it okay. and we can go from there. But I think we have some of it. But either way, man, uh-huh. it's so great to hear your voice. I'm so glad you were able to call in. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You inspired me, that man. I'm I'm walking on the cloud now. I'm like, oh, that's what we all do. All kinds of possibilities. That's what we do. <laughs> Alvin, have a great day today at work, and be safe out there. We appreciate you calling in, yes, and uh, have a good rest of the yes. day. Uh huh. Thank you, and much success. Thank you. Be well today. What a great call, Alvin. That that just that just makes me feel so good about what we're doing here, and I and I'm appreciative of of uh, that kind of support, not of me. Uh, necessarily, but the broader, you know, he he talked about Stephanie. Stephanie's been leaning in this thing for a long time, uh, as many others have, and that's what it's all about: is us leaning in together at the same time in the same direction. Uh, let's grab another quick call, Henry. I know you're you're gonna. Um, we got Alvin on hold to get his information. I wrote his number down, but um, get his last name for me because I didn't have that when we sent the book out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ann was like, "Don't you have his last name?" I was like, "No, I don't." So, but he got the book, so that's what I'm thankful for. Uh, let's go to real quick. Let's grab Diane uh, calling that wants to talk about the GOP. Hey, Diane, welcome to Choose Views. What's happening this morning? Hey, do you remember me, silly Diane? I'm going to be real silly for a second, and then I'm going to be serious for a moment. Okay. All right. It's silly. Um, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a shampoo commercial. That's Rogers and Hammerstein musical South Pacific. Oh, going to wash God. that man right out of my hair. But it became part of a commercial. But it became part of a commercial for the shampoo. Yeah, it, well, they, but it started they, with the movie. They stole it. They stole it from the movie. Okay. All right, Dan. That, no, it wasn't a movie. It was a Broadway musical. Thank you. I, you know, right. my, so, I appreciate so that correction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm being silly on this because you're going to wash that man, Trump, right out of my hair and send him on his way. That's right. That's right, girl. We're gonna create, we're gonna we're gonna create our own little meme behind that and tie it. But I don't want to get in any copyright trouble. But for, but uh, yeah, but that's that's what no, we have to do. I'm just being silly. Now I'm going to be serious. Go for it. All right. Uh, line from Shakespeare. Okay. 
it goes, uh, something wicked this way comes. Yeah. Open locks, whoever knocks. Yep. All right. What do the locks mean? How about prisons? There you go. Clink, clink. Yeah. That's right. That's right, right. girl. Diane, um, and, go ahead. Sorry. And, and, and then I want to say one more thing. How I've been getting a, the right to vote out. Bus stops. I have to uh, wait at bus stops. Okay. And you just start kidding with people. And I don't say vote this way or vote that way. What I say is the right to vote. We have been fighting for the right to vote. Yeah. All right, let's start with uh, uh, who could vote yep. in the early. All right, take it all the way back. Who could vote? Only rich white men. Yep. Right? Only college educated. And then we had to kick in the doors. And then after the Civil War, certain black men, only black men, had the right to vote. Yep. And then we had to kick in the doors some more. And then only white women were allowed to vote after um, World War One. Right. Yep. And then we had to kick in the door some more. And then we fight and die at 18, but we can't vote Vietnam. <laughs> Come on, Diane. Preach to us, girl. Uh, all right. So this is how I reach and, and teach people. I just go after. I don't say vote this way, vote that way. I just say how much we have had to fight for the right to vote. Yeah. And the way I do it is bus stops. And then there's this. I also reach others in the parks. All right. Teenagers jogging through. In Illinois, 70-year-olds have the right to vote. But they don't know this. So I reach and teach them on this. That in Illinois, we have 70-year-olds have the right to vote. If they turn seven, 18 before the general election, they are allowed to register and vote in the primaries. And you know, one of our other callers and listeners, Michael here in Chicago, is, is kind of a, a soft professor. We'll call him an associate professor in that space. And so I'm happy to see that, um, you know, that you're, you're aware of that and many others are. And that's part of the, the importance of the show here is, is, is the, like I said, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And I appreciate you guys calling in with the additional information. Diane, you know, we got a break to take, right? So I'm not going to, uh, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, get to this break. Okay. So can I say this? Go ahead. And exit. Yes. A Shakespeare. Exit. Pursued by a bear. <laughs> Look at Diane. <laughs> All right, kiddo. Listen, have a fantastic day today, okay? You too. Thanks for Thank calling, you. Diane. You're, you're my pleasure, dear. Be safe today. Yeah, I, I love it. Diane, Diane's bringing that Shakespeare knowledge. Um, so listen, man, let's get to this quick break. The number is 773-763-9278. I see there's, there's a few other callers. We're going to try to grab you after the break. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. 
Hey guys, welcome back to Choose Views. We're in this last uh, segment of the uh, show, 773-763-9278. I'm going to save uh, some of my topics for tomorrow because we've got a bunch of callers that I want to try to get you guys in. you got to be real quick because we're short on time. Let's go to Stella calling from Texas. What's going on, Stella? Uh, hello, hello, Richard. First of all, let me say how much I enjoy your show. But one thing that we've got to remember is that elections have consequences. When you were talking about the 2016 election, one of the things that, and I hope I don't make Diane mad for saying this, but, but there is a, there's another elephant in the room that people don't like to talk about when it comes to voting, and that is in the 2016 election, white women didn't show up for Hillary, okay? They sure white didn't. Women 50, gave, 53%. White women elected Donald Trump, okay? Listen, <laughs> Stella, you got me to protect you in that space. I've been talking about that for years on the family meeting and here. 53% of white women voters voted for Donald Trump. 57%, you may know this, maybe not, but I'll share it now. 57% of white women voters voted for Donald Trump in 2020. So yes. I don't I'm not pointing at, uh, my ire at white women. I'm pointing it at voting with some smarts and common sense. Or is that who we are as a country? And that's what we got to deal with. And y'all can hate on me all you want to. But the numbers and the truth don't lie. Well, well, my white female friends really my, and, and, and they are progressive. But this is one thing they don't like to hear me say. And, and, and going back to those numbers that you mentioned. Forty-six, uh, like you said, in 2016, 53 percent voted for Donald Trump, and 46 percent of those were college-educated women. Okay, I, I, and why are you gonna give? Why are you gonna give the ball? Why are you gonna give the ball? You at the goal line, you're gonna pass rather than run the ball in. That's kind of how. That's my analogy. We keep giving the ball. You keep passing the ball when we should just run it in, and and that that those numbers don't lie. So this is one of those moments, uh, Stella. Maybe you can you can can ride with me on this, where that voting block has got to look in the mirror and ask themselves that question. Am exactly, I, and I tell my white female friends when they ask me, uh, when they ask me what they can do, and I tell them you need to get with your white female friends and turn them around because yeah. that's why we have, I mean, that's why we have the kind of government that we have in Texas. Believe it or not, when, when uh, Beto O'Rourke was running, Beto did not even get the majority of the white female vote. Yep. Abbott got that vote. Yes, he that's did. What, that's why we have, and, and, and that's why we have such restrictive abortion laws here in Texas because we keep voting Abbott, well, not me, but they keep voting uh, uh, Abbott in. I, I think Abbott has won. I think he's in his second, I mean, his third term. He's in his third but term, we yeah. we keep re-electing these guys. And every time we elect them, we get further and further behind. Because when they get elected, they use their power and they use it strategically. They, they willed it, like for real. Stella, listen, you know we're running tight at the end of the show. Will you call us back again with more Texas knowledge? I sure will. <laughs> Have a great day, dear. We really appreciate your support. Be safe today. Okay. All right, man. We got to make it quick. Uh, let's go to very quickly, uh, Sherelle. Very quick. You got. We got limited time. Get it in quick. What's going on? Uh, I, I just. I don't know if it's me. Is it me? Yes, it is. Did I, is it Sherry? Sherelle. Okay, good. Sher- Cheryl. Cheryl. I'm sorry. S H E R Y L. Got it. Got it. Anyway. My biggest thing is, is I want people to learn what the word genocide means. It means a planned attack, a planned event of, of the killing of, a, of everything. 
That's what the Nazis did. What what has happened in Israel is not genocide. That's it right. is war. It's war. And remember, the war was brought upon not by the Israelis, but by Hamas, a faction group. If why hasn't Palestinian people or all the people of Gaza given up Hamas leaders and said, Hey, we don't want this. Here you go. Yeah. Because I mean, they they want to continue this because their intent is not to have peace. Plus there's many, many, many countries all around that haven't really said, Hey, why don't you come here? Instead of fighting over a little strip of land, I, I'm sick and tired of wars based on land. Yeah, and that's I mean, that, for God's sake, that's, we're all people. That's where they. That, that's I don't where, hate. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cheryl. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I know you have limited time, but it's just it's it's annoying to me because no one is looking at history, and these people getting these groups together saying, "Well, we're funding Israel, the only democratic nation in that area." Are you people crazy? Of course you need to fund it. They don't even look at all the benefits that Israel has done for the world. And for America. Well, and I and, think and, there's, and, there's and, a lot of that loss because because you people, the people of the news, allow people, you know, it's good to talk about things, but do both sides. All I keep hearing is all the killing. Yes, we don't like the killing of children. We don't like the killing of innocent people. But then to blame a whole... It, it, it's, they did it to themselves. They didn't give up these horrible people who jumped in and killed Israelis and, and did what they did on the, on the 7th. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me that it's always talked about, well, you know, getting rid of Israel, not funding this, not doing that. When, <laughs> sorry. Give me something. Well, I, there's been wonderful people. I'm here. I'm not a both sides, so I'm going to stop you there. Only because it's the, each each side has responsibility, and I'm not just talking about what's happening in the Middle East. So I want to be careful there yeah, and, and be I right agree. about how I'm saying this. Um, Cheryl, you know we, we're bumping up against time, so I'm not trying to cut you off. I just got I trying to squeeze a few folks in. Will you call us back because we want to talk about this some more? Oh God, I will. All I'll right. call you back. All I right, definitely girl. will. I, I'll write it all down, and then I'll be able to read it. Anyway. <laughs> all right, Cheryl, put your glasses <laughs> on you. and have a great, safe day today. Thanks for calling. Choose views. Yeah, I don't want to feel like anybody. I'm cutting you off. I'm not. I just know that we, we're really bumping up, up against time. Uh, let's go to Rick in Florida. What's happening, Rick? Hey, you know what? I gotta. I have to switch gears a little bit. First off, okay. the Palestinians brought this about themselves. Excuse me, but um, with all due respect to that last lady, she obviously doesn't know the conditions that the Palestinians are under, that they're ready, that, that things like this happen. I think and one of the best things that people can do when it comes to this conversation is to look at what uh, former President Jimmy Carter said in an interview Right. Um, uh, I was going to bring that up. That, 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 will enlighten, book. that will enlighten a lot of people on either side of this issue about what really was happening then and right. what's happened now. That's that's kind well, of been sir, my Richard. North Star when it comes to this conversation. I'm sorry, Rick. I didn't mean to right. cut you I, off. I completely... I, I, no, no problem. I, I just bought the book myself, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm reading it now. My other two points are this. Um, I believe people are missing half of the point when they say that we have a do-nothing Congress, we have a do-nothing government. That's half 
the story. The other half is that they're actually do it, well. First off, they are a do-nothing Congress when it comes to helping the people. Um, universal health care, the list goes on and on and on. I'll leave it there. What they are very good at accomplishing is some of these corporations now, they, they are treating them as people. Corporations are people, not, are people too, my friend. Mitt Romney has said <laughs> famously, that, uh, which is just ludicrous. There, there, there are some corporations out there that are paying zero in taxes. Yes, yeah, so let many, people how, look them up themselves. How many people there are paying zero we're, in we're taxes? Fighting our, yeah. We're right. We're fighting our wars for corporations. Our military-industrial complex is being used to defend corporations around the world, like Dow Chemical when they had that explosion years back in India, and. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and our goons went in there to, to quell the dissent. Yep. And I'll leave it there. The other thing is this. Um, we're halfway to the mark when we say uh, more people have, people have got to vote. you got to vote. And wherever you're from, coast to coast, if you can vote by mail, it is really simple down here in Florida. I make a call. I make sure that my ballot is coming in through the mail. And it couldn't be easier. Yeah. Um, at least here in Florida, check into that, people. The the other point to that is this: people are saying, "Well, Hillary Clinton should have gotten more support. She won the election, and it's the electoral college. We need to start." And I'd like to hear you, your thoughts on that, Richard. How are we going to tweak that? Because she won the vote. Al Gore won the vote, and it wasn't necessarily the electoral college in that. Regard. Yeah, I mean, they, but, won the, they won the popular uh, vote. We haven't had a Republican. I mean, that, that, that listen, I, I think I know where you were headed with that. And you know, I'm bumping you up against the final uh, part of the show. Um, Rick, thanks for calling. I need to kind of get things in order so I can wrap up properly. Will you call us back in the future sure, to, talk, to talk about this? You got it. All right, man. Enjoy your day down in Florida and uh, give us a call again. We really appreciate your support. So I want to take what Rick said, just to the tail end there, um, as I promised. Um, regarding the Electoral College, yeah, I've got my thoughts on that. And uh, the, But again, it's going to come back to where you guys probably already figured. Uh, to make changes in that, there's some structural changes that uh, could be, should be made. Um, but what it ultimately takes is kind of what my main theme was in today's show is don't be upset with the Supreme Court taking Donald Trump's case. Don't be upset with it. You can be upset. Let me, let me rephrase that. But as I close, be upset with the purpose. And that purpose is to get out the vote. All right, guys, stay tuned for uh, our progressive WCPT progressive lineup. The Stephanie Miller show, as I say, my, my radio sister on the West Coast. The Tom Hartman show, who is a professor of everything progressive. Joan Esposito, live local and progressive. And Patty Vasquez, my bookend that's driving you home. You guys have a great day today, and thanks for tuning in to Choose Views.